Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Dan Goodstein, seasoned marketing executive, sales leader, consultant, advisory board member, and he's also a podcast host like me. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you, AJ. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Uh, first thing, Dan, we'll be talking about, you know, about work and workplaces and the future of work. How exactly these are going to shape up now coming in the, and in the coming future in the backdrop of all this digital transformation that's happening. Now, as the president of the Institute for Robotic Process Automation and Artificial Intelligence, Dan, and also Digital Enterprise Institute. How do you see uh, our work and workplaces changing in the coming days as you see it? How do you see it? Let's start with this thing. Yeah, there's uh, there's certainly a massive shift going on, right? I mean, when we when we launched uh, ERPA AI uh, to focus on you know, automation and 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 kind of artificial intelligence, um, we we came out of the outsourcing world. Uh, we had a previous association uh, called the Outsourcing Institute, so we were very kind of in tune with 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 the job, the workforce, and uh, people's perspectives of it. And for, for the first few years, every conversation was about how this technology is going to take jobs and it's risky and it's dangerous and, uh, and, and, and all these types of, of things. Um, and then the pandemic happens uh, and you have this, this resignation, this great resignation thing happening where uh, a lot of the people that were concerned about their jobs being taken by technology just left the workforce uh, to the tune of a, a couple million by some estimates. So uh, so you have that kind of dynamic. Um, and now um, uh, the, the most recent wave is is layoffs. You've seen uh, you know tech companies in particular layoff after layoff. It's difficult to 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 see the news without seeing another large tech firm doing uh, massive layoffs. Uh, so um, you know there is a, a bit of a um, a reshuffling happening. Uh, as far as you know, people in the workforce, their their skill sets, what types of jobs they are willing to do, um, and now and now technology getting to a point where you know a lot of the jobs that people were doing pre-pandemic didn't really need to be done by people, and so you know we're seeing organizations becoming more comfortable with looking at technology like automation and AI uh, to augment uh, uh, or, or, or replace some of the more manual, uh, repetitive types of jobs. Right. Right, Dan. So let's look at uh, the scenario from two perspectives. One is the individual worker, a simple person who goes to office, does his work and comes back. So how does that what how is that going to change and second thing is the type of workplace that it come in will they become smaller will they become bigger will the change be very different will it all move towards more offices which will be much more made by 3d printing in smaller cubicles how do you see that one is that part and the third is the work culture you know how will that change how will people 
look at employee uh, at employees will they be just much more in terms of pure numbers as you said where what led to great resignation people wanted that work life balance they wanted life for themselves so that was that point where it started came yeah. and the type of technology which will seep into our workplaces that will determine how i work you work and how the workplaces will look so everything in the backdrop of the type of technology that will come up several things at the same time but since they are so interrelated dan and you know so that you can respond them at your own pace and the way you want to yeah i think you got like three or four shows in that question uh big big questions but you know you're right i i think you know you know what what drove this is largely um you know people being unhappy with their jobs right being unhappy with their uh, employers, right? And so in the old kind of paradigm of, you know, I'm in the office, you're, you're immersed with, uh, with the company, you're on the company's time, uh, you know, whether you clock in or not, you're, you're, in a, you're in an office surrounded by other people that are working uh, for that company, with that company. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are thrown into, you know, work from home, whether they liked it or not. And so now people are saying, Wait a second. You know, I like I like seeing my kids. I, I like not being on a plane forty seven weeks out of the year. I, I like uh, taking a walk outside uh, between meetings, right? I can't do that in the office. And so, uh, why should I go back? And oh, by the way, um, I kind of hate my job. I kind of hate my employer. I don't think my employer really is that is that great to me. So people started kind of having this realization. Um, and then you see, even before the pandemic, but it, it was accelerated during the pandemic. You see this idea of sort of the the gig economy, right? It's made popular by the by the Ubers of the world, but really, in reality, it was happening uh, before the pandemic and 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 massively uh, increased during the pandemic, where people had side hustles, people had um, other jobs that they were doing, consulting work that they were doing, and so you know, if they're not sitting in a company office, it's a little easier to kind of multitask or bounce back and forth uh, between different things, uh, different jobs, and so I think. You know what's happened is there's there's less there's less employee loyalty now, right? Um, and I think it's I think it's been a long time coming, right? Because the reality is many companies out there, you know, have not been as loyal to their employees as they were, you know, in the '70s and the '80s, right? And 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 now it's kind of you know the employees are waking up and saying. I don't need to spend 60 hours working for one company, right? Let me, let me kind of spread it around and, 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 and live this kind of, uh, you know, the old term was this work-life balance, right? You can do that now uh, in a much easier way than, than you could do uh, before. Um, so I think you're seeing resist. That's why you're seeing resistance in, uh, you know, people going back to the office, despite, you know, you know, you know, Disney this week and other companies, uh, you know, f- you know, forcing people to come back to work. Um, I think it'll settle. I think it'll settle around a a sort of hybrid, you know, work environment where people go in to collaborate, go in to the office to have meetings, but where they they largely do their normal day to day stuff uh, at home. And so, you know, the office culture will change. Uh, I think those 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 days of just sitting in a cubicle are, you know, for most jobs, certainly knowledge jobs, uh, is gone. Um, and I think you're going to see kind of smaller, you know, day-to-day offices, but, you know, more 
get togethers, more, uh, uh, you know, what we recommend, you know, organizations to do is, you know, get people together, even if it's just for social element to create that connectivity and that, that stickiness that, that we've kind of lost during the pandemic with people so that there is a bond to, you know, between employees and each other, employees and the, uh, and the company. Um, but if you're an employer, you got to look at this and say, how can I make it advantageous for my employees to spend all or most of their time working on my my work instead of moonlighting and and, and doing other things. Part of that is in the culture um, and in providing you know resources and 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 those sorts of things to help them. The other is in the type of work that they're doing, which goes back to the automation and and digital transformation thing, right? Um, now that employees are less happy with their jobs, I think it's easier for them to have a conversation with employers to say. How can we do this job differently? How can we get this job done differently? And oh, by the way, uh, if I have this AI assistant working with me alongside me, if I can get my work done in 20 hours a week, what do you care as the company, right? You get the same same productivity out of, out of less hours and, and, and less cost because that's maybe one less employee you need to hire. Right, right, Dan. In fact, talking of moonlighting, uh, recently there was a big debate about moonlighting as, you know, one particular company fired a lot of people for this and there was a huge debate that uh, people some people were of the view that you the company owns only eight hours of my work and rest what i do so that is the everybody has their own view on this there's no right or wrong everybody will look at it but these are the type of debates that i guess will uh, will be much more happening everywhere at least in india it it had it, it really made a lot of noise now, let's look at purely from the basic level. How does an employer, employee prepare for the future? How does he know? Because you see, even tech firms are facing that thing. They are not able to anticipate. Till yesterday, even Google was working as a, as a very big search engine. Then suddenly chat GPT comes in and the whole landscape change, changes. Now, chat GPT is coming out with a professional plan. I just read it today and there is they have sent out emails uh, that people can sign up for the wait list. And then there is again the news that Microsoft will integrate chat GPT into its whole office suit. And that is where the whole and maybe also on B. So a lot of shift will happen. So you see everybody even in AI space, a lot of companies who are providing the similar services, all those uh, a copy, a copywriting, and all that stuff suddenly will find it difficult to deal with the situation or might find it challenging. In the same way, when uh, tech firms are facing this issue, how does an employee, employee, simple employee, anticipate the future? How does he know what is his future? How does he prepare for this? How, what can you advise? How he should look at the situation and be a step ahead so that he. He, he still is relevant in terms of his work, in terms of his skill, and still has a way of uh, a good way that he can maintain his work and life balance. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the first that you alluded to is is to recognize that what what I'm doing today is probably not what I'm going to be doing in five years, right? That that wasn't the case for our fathers and our grandfathers, right? right. Um, you know, they they worked in a job their entire lives, probably in the same exact job or very close to it. 
um, you know, with some maybe upward mobility. Today, that's that those days are gone. And so I, I think the onus is back now. If if we are going to live in a world where there's less employee loyalty and 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 you may have multiple gigs or multiple clients or you know multiple employers, I think the onus is now on the on the employee to say, I've got to educate myself. I can't rely on the company educating me, training me, finding the next job for me and retaining me forever, right? I, I need to be uh, you know, de- uh, investing in my own personal development and my own skills. So first of all, that's, that's recognition of, you know, like I said, the, you know, the, the, the chances of you doing the same job you're doing today in five years, especially if you're in anything in the technology field, uh, but really any industry, right? Because every industry is being hit by technology. So the, the first is you know, to, to recognize that and, 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 and kind of seek that out. What's great about the chat GPT, uh, uh, you know, thing that's really you know, pumped up in the last uh, couple, couple months is that it's making AI accessible to individuals in a way that really wasn't out there before, right? I, I said on my, actually on my podcast last week, you know, we're used to our smart speakers and, and things like that, you know, this promise of AI that really didn't develop uh, fully uh, as individuals or consumers, um, you know, we, we, we hear about algorithms making our lives better and, and, and making the websites that we visit smarter, but that it really hasn't visibly hit us as consumers, uh, yet now, uh, you can go to these, these, you know, chat GPT and, uh, Google's just, uh, accelerated the launch of theirs, as you alluded to, uh, Google Muse, uh, and, and you can play with it and you can see how it works. And so, you know, I encourage anybody, you know, in a job like this to, to do that, to become um, you know, familiar with the capabilities of these things, because I think that um, what's going to happen is that you know the jobs won't be initially replaced; they'll they'll change. And so you're not going to lose your job to the AI; you're going to lose your job to the person who knows how to implement that AI, who knows how to use that AI and apply uh, uh, what comes out of that. And so you know we're not in a you know, contrary to what the what the media and the movies kind of kind of project, you know, there there's a big difference between no AI and completely artificial intelligence. AI is a little bit of a misnomer, right? Um, and so we're somewhere in in between. And for the foreseeable future, you know, we need people that can work with AI, ask it the right questions, apply it appropriately, and having some experience and expertise in whatever field you're in. Um, does make a big deal, uh, is a big difference for, you know, how those things are implemented. So is there, is there a way that you suggest to people uh, that they can prepare? Is it your education suddenly, uh, which, which got your present job or maybe your skill set, suddenly you find that it is of no use? How do you prepare? Should you reskill at the same time? Should you start going for a passive income? Should you move something beyond technology which may be maybe some farming stuff or anything which is much more related to uh, to the basic uh, relevance that is in our lives maybe that can keep you at still earning something in technology you see crypto was the name just some time back and suddenly everybody has stopped talking about it with all those uh, scams and scandals that we uh, we read about and then even even in other industries Dan, if you look, even in auto industry, automobile industry, suddenly a lot of talk is now on electric vehicles. So there is 
whole debate about you know about fossil fuels and the new generation they say that's the electric vehicle and a lot of politics has also come in but that we will keep aside at the moment amidst all these things other sectors also as you deal with a lot of emerging technologies a lot emerging technology trends automation a lot of automation is coming and you people know about it deal about it talk about it robotics is there so one fine morning an employee walks into his workplace and he finds instead of him there is a robot sitting in his workplace is that what an employee will be will be able will be will see in the future is there is there a way he still becomes relevant still is able to bring food on his table yeah yeah you know, there's there's that old expression: if you can't beat them, join them. I I would say uh, before your company forces an AI on you that might take your job, I would bring it in yourself. I'd bring it in. I'd start working with it. I'd talk about you know one of the paradigms that you know isn't talked about a lot. There's always this you know oversimplified binary way of looking at things where it's hey, this is my job. Here's technology. It's going to replace it, right? Uh, the reality is some of the more interesting. Um, uh, uh, services and technologies that are out there are actually kind of human machine uh, collaboration. And right, so there's this, this idea uh, of, you know, originally it was a bot for every employee or maybe a, an AI assistant for, for every employee. But I would say, you know, again, get in from the ground level um, before it's forced upon you and you're the dinosaur that can't keep up, um, do it now, recommend it to your boss. Now play around with it. Now, even if you do it on the, on the side, how do you make your job, uh, better? Because I, you know, it's, 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 it's coming regardless. I, I, you know, you could, you could certainly go do some farming and, and things to, you know, balance your life out, but you know, technology is not going away. It's, it's, it's not, it's not slowing down. It's accelerating. And, you know, while, um, while I don't think, you know, it's I don't think anybody can really predict whether, you know, Bitcoin will be around in 10 years or not. The concepts behind it, crypto will be here. Uh, blockchain will be here. Right. So you know, I think it's less about, you know, training yourself in a specific tool or a specific uh, you know, piece of software and more about understanding the capabilities, understanding the, uh, you know, what can be done with it. Uh, I, I remember being before I kind of dropped out of uh, well, I didn't drop out, but before I dropped out of the tech space, uh, when I went to school originally for for you know computer science, and then I, I shifted to uh, more the business side of tech. Um, I remember complaining to one of my professors that they were teaching us a, a programming language that that was outdated, and um, you know, and her response was you know very much around you know the, the language may change, but the concepts you know, will remain the same. The principles will remain the same. And I, you know, the, the arrogant young version of myself, you know, kind of scoffed at that. But, you know, all these years later, I realized, you know, she was right. And I'm not programming these days, but, you know, the the, the, the foundational or the fundamental, uh, you know, things that I learned then are still applicable in my life now, you know, where I'm more on the business side of technology, but it's still, still relevant, right? Okay, okay. And looking at it from the uh, company's point of view, from workplaces or, you know, small businesses and all that stuff, you talk of automation, digital transformation. How do they keep pace with this? How do they bring in the technology or digital transformation or automation in their firms amidst all these changes that is happening so fast? Yeah. How do they make sure that it's still human 
or human for customers as well as they are keeping pace with enough latest technology to me uh, to be competitive in the market how what sort of a trend do you see what is important right now what is it that they should be prepared for in the coming days well once again i'll start with the philosophy right the philosophy for a long time was you know hey all that advanced transformational stuff is nice and 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 exciting but it's also complicated and and we have a business to run today and uh and so you know a lot of organizations were were very resistant to it uh when we did our first ever digital transformation uh, event in new york um you know this is probably 7 8 years ago now uh, I remember a lo- uh, uh, an executive from a, a large investment bank basically saying, this is all interesting, but I've got a day job, right? And so, you know, that was the mentality for a long time. Uh, and then I think, again, you had the pandemic really accelerated the inevitable where all of a sudden these companies are playing catch up. They weren't ready to work remotely. They weren't ready to work um, in this this new paradigm. They weren't expecting the customer shift. Uh, most banks couldn't process a, a new account uh, online. Um, and there's, there's thousands exa- uh, of examples, uh, like that. Um, the, the IRS in the U S couldn't figure out how much people money people made. And so they couldn't do the, the stimulus payments that were promised by the, the administration at the time. So, you know, there's, there's, there's lots and lots of examples. And, um, and now, you know, I think there's this fork in the road for a lot of companies that, you know, have seen what's happened, they realize they haven't invested enough in technology or, or just in, in changing and transforming their processes and the way that they do things to try to be more digital centric you know, and, and compete with some of these digital native companies that are really you know, killing them. Um, and, you know, I tell you, you know, a lot of companies are still resistant to the change. They're they're still set up wrong. Um, their incentives are wrong. They're. Uh, their, their, their policies are wrong. And so what's happening is, you know, while an executive might get up, you know, get up at, at a, at a board meeting or in an interview and say, yeah, we're committed to transformation. The people underneath them are not really aligned with that goal. And so, you know, we're still seeing a lot, you see it a lot in the retail space right now where, you know, more and more large retailers are, are closing because they're still not adapting. Um, so my, my advice is, you know, the change is already here. Um, if you're not already on the journey, you're in trouble. You got to catch up. You need to invest. Um, I think what you're going to see coming out of this, the recent news around, you know, Southwest Airlines in the U.S. and yeah, all the exactly. issues that they've had. I mean, they're talking about $800 million in losses um, due to the due to the last couple months. And that's not including any tech investments that they're going to have to make, right? So it's eventually going to cost you, right? And that's an operational thing. The, the other part to your the other part of your question is, um, in this in this economy, um, brand loyalty is at an all time low. People consumers will move on uh, for convenience and experience, and so you know you need to use the automation and the AI and whatever other technologies. Uh, you know, come out next uh, to make that experience better uh, and probably quicker. The, the days of, hey, I don't want to do business with a company where I can't pick up the phone and call somebody. I think those days are gone, right? I, I mean, I, I can't tell you the last time I had a good experience calling an 800 number, right? It's not a good experience, it's actually a bad experience. I would have preferred an AI that could actually solve my problem in three minutes 
um, versus speaking to a person. So um, I think that paradigm has shifted. I think the companies that are winning right now get that uh, and are making that shift. Um, and I think in the next couple of years, you're going to you know, more and more do business with companies that make it easier to do business with you than a company that's got a big brand that you've been you know, dealing with for a long time. Okay. Okay. Because you talked about that it's sometimes it is easier to deal with a bot than a human. But a lot of people say that, you know, uh, I would rather want to talk to a human. Well, that's different ways people look at it. I wanted to ask you that how do you see in the next couple of years coming future is that will our life, human lives revolve around technology or technology will revolve around humans? How do you see that? Because as you said, technology is not going to go away and we do need technology for our existence. Now that's the way we are. How do you see it? Where is the human uh, amidst all these things? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think if I—I uh, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at it now, we're we're revolving around technology, right? I mean, you know, there's there's more and more people that are being, you know, consumed by social media platforms. Uh, there's some really interesting research uh, out there that I can uh, find and send you the link or your readers the link about, you know, how it, how social media is actually changing our brain chemistry. Uh, changing our uh, you know, personalities and you know, no surprise, it's, it's changing our attention spans. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think we've, we've, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a society, we've really been drawn to that. Um, you know, we've, we've been kind of chasing technology for the sake of technology. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very difficult to, to live life without technology. Um, uh, being intrusive, getting notifications, you know, in 40 different places all the time. Um, uh, so I think that's, that's where we are today. And there's, there's sort of siloed benefits, right? Certain apps, certain services provide certain benefits, but they're not really integrated. So I've got to, you know, I've got to have 47 apps on my phone to, to do the things that I want to do and, and get through the day. I think it will change. Um, and I think, I think part of that is people being resistant, you know, issues around privacy and cybersecurity. There's some obstacles, there's some hurdles, um, you know, concerns about AI and, and, and its potential. There's some hurdles that we have to get through. But I think ultimately the nirvana that I see and that I, you know, hope for is where we kind of go back to the lead and technology just supports us. Right. And so, you know, we don't have to, you know, spend 45 minutes researching an app to help us solve a problem. You, know, you kind of have this assistant that already knows what your problem is and has already done the work for you. Uh, and if we can get to that level, um, then technology really becomes an enabler and and fulfills the promise that, you know, we've all been told for, for years and years and years around AI that it's going to make our lives easier and that actually it'll actually free up our time where we can focus on, on more human things. We can go do some farming or whatever else that we like to do. Um, right. And, and then the technology will run, run the, the operational back office parts of our lives uh, for us. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Right. Then let, let the future unfold. Let us also uh, try and be as much prepared for it as possible, but it's, it's interesting times that we live in, but 
tell us about amidst all this interesting time tell us also about your interesting podcast the digital leader show yeah we uh we launched that uh, uh in the spring of uh, of last year um you know a lot of what we do as a as an association is provide education networking and advice to uh, executives all around automation, AI, digital transformation, outsourcing, uh, and sales and marketing. And so, um, you know, we uh, we decided to launch that. Uh, the gentleman I do that with is a uh, a researcher, an author, an educator. And so, uh, we overlap in some areas, but have differing opinions. Uh, you know, I come from a, more from a, a business technology perspective. He comes at it more from a uh, business and academic and consulting. Uh, perspective. And so, um, you know, as I mentioned uh, before we went live, you know, we, we would have these kind of weekly conversations about what was happening in the industry, what was important for members to really know about, you know, from a standpoint of technology, but also, you know, news and, and, and debates about, you know, take AI, for example, or, or other, other technologies. And, uh, and after doing it for a few weeks, we said, hey, you know, Maybe it would maybe it would benefit somebody to to hear our our conversation or participate in our our discussion and debate, and so we decided to really just take that informal conversation we were doing on Zoom each week and uh, and make it live. And it's it's been a really fun show because um, you know we're not talking about any particular technology or any particular company. Uh, we're really just talking about the, the the convergence or the intersection of of business technology uh, and really the humanities. And 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 the goal is to make the viewers a, a better digital leader for anybody who is you know, in, a, in a leadership position in technology, digital uh, uh, transformation. So it's one of the things we do. We have some other uh, content and events and things that are more focused on automation or AI uh, or sales and marketing. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun show if you want to kind of get a sense of what's happening in the, the world of business and tech. And where, where can people uh, uh, hear it, see it? It's also on video, I guess. Yeah, so we, we, we push it out to YouTube. Uh, uh, so the, the YouTube channel is Irpa AI, I-R-P-A-A-I. The website is irpaai.com. Um, and uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Um, if you go to uh, irpaai.com and you uh, sign up there, you'll get that as well as some of the other content that we uh, put out to members each week. Right. And what's the best way to connect with you if people want to do that you know you are the go-to market expert you know about digital digital transformation about uh, you know automation people want to help take your help how do they do that yeah uh, go to erpaai.com there's a chat right there uh, or reach out to me directly i'm on linkedin daniel goodstein uh, and on twitter at dan goodstein uh, happy to chat happy to give we, we do a lot of coaching and uh, and and advice and i'm i'm happy to you know jump on the phone with anybody and just uh, just chat and, and uh, try to point you in the right direction. Right, right. My last question to you, Dan, is that you have so much technology around you. You are the president of uh, IRPA AI. You are, uh, you are doing a podcast on digital leader and all that stuff. You are digital transformation evangelist. You are living in the present times. You talk of technology all the time. How do you... Uh, Disconnect from technology and lead your own life. How are you able to do that when you are able to be yourself? <laughs> How do you be yourself with your friends, with the people who care for you, who you care for? 
I ask this question so that people get some idea how they can follow that particular principle. Yeah. If you would have asked me about a year ago, I would have said I don't. Um, but uh, it's, it's part of my, my my personal quest over the last year, year and a half to you know, you know, find the, uh, I don't know if I like the term work-life balance, but I haven't thought of a better term yet. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, and, and I think this is, this is probably relatable to anybody who's even in the workforce, right? Especially now where, you know, on one hand, maybe you're not going to the office, but on the other hand, you're, you're, you're asked to be accessible you know, 24 hours a day. Um, so I think, you know, uh, you know, what I've done is I've put some boundaries in place, um, there's certain times a day where I won't even keep my phone on me. Um, uh, it's very difficult. I, I've, I've disabled a lot of notifications, um, you know, uh, on my phone and on my computer, there's certain, certain things that I will keep on my computer so that when I'm in work mode, I get notifications, but on my phone, I've disabled, uh, the notification so that I can kind of engage with it when I want to. Um, not when, you know, Google decides that I, uh, that I should, um, I've deleted, uh, I've, uh, Facebook is one of those. I've, I've removed a lot of social media apps from my phone. Um, and so I have kind of times of day that I'll, you know, do that, um, in my, in my work life, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of kind of just putting boundaries in place, uh, and then just, you know, personal, personal time, you know, I've, I've added a, uh, uh, a long walk to my day every day. And so I, I disconnect or I, I, I kind of disconnect and listen to, um, uh, you know, non-work related, uh, podcasts and, and audio books and things like that. And just try to, um, uh, you know, you know, be, be one with something that is not technology. And, and a funny thing that happens is when you come back to it, you're actually better. You're actually more refreshed. Right. You're, you're more on, you can do what, you know, one of the uh, authors I, I follow says deeper, you can do deeper, you know, uh, work um, because you're not mentally burnt out. Right. Right. Dan. Thank you so much for joining us on this note. It's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed. Once again. Thanks, AJ. Take care.